Welcome to another episode of the Nitro Performance Guy. I'm your host, TJ, the Nitro Performance Guy. And we got our co-host, as as we always do, Darren Williams Jr. How you doing today? Yo, yo, yo. Final leg of the Western Swing, Seattle, in the shadow yes. of Mount Rainier. We are back. First time since 2019. Let's get it. Yes, sir. For the 33rd annual Flavor Pack NHRA Midwest Nationals. First time since Northwest Nationals. Northwest Nationals. You said Midwest. Midwest. It's Northwest Nationals. See, see St. Louis guys, so I'm saying Midwest <laughs> Nationals. Nah, it's Northwest. <laughs> y'all that was like a freudian slip like i did not try to do that i was literally looking at northwest and said midwest so <laughs> i'm gonna say it again <laughs> because we keep outtakes in 33rd annual flavor pack nhra northwest nationals at the famed pacific raceways the first time since 2019 um it was hot this weekend darren yeah, yeah, real hot, real hot. And here's here's the thing, though, with Seattle. So I feel like this race gets overlooked a lot. I mean, there's been so much history that has happened at this racetrack. This is an old school throwback race, old school throwback racetrack. You think about all the history that's happened here. You remember, you know, the Golden Greek, Chris Cramasini's. He went to a final here back in back in 1990, you know, lost to lost to Gary Ornsby in the final round. I mean, and I'll tell you what, the Greek lit it up in that final round. You you fast forward to two years later. Um Michael Brotherton, remember Michael Brotherton he used to race for Daryl Gwynn in the Coors Light Top Field Dragster? Well, well, Michael Brotherton, he crashes the car on Saturday, actually flips on his side, does donuts in the middle of the racetrack because the, the throttle gets hung open. They stay up all night, re rebuilds the car all night, comes out, wins the race on Sunday, defeats Eddie Hill in the final round. Remember, Ron Caps, two-time Funny Car World Champion. Well, guess what? He got his first ever win in top field here in 1995 on a Monday. I mean, you want to go in further, Courtney Force and Eric Anders become the first females to win on the same day in 2012. I mean, just so much history. John Force 150 in 2019. There's just so much history that's happened here at Seattle. And I feel like this is racist overlooked. And I know the fans in the Pacific Northwest are happy to see Nitro back in Seattle. So I'm excited. Yes, sir. And let me just say, for, for the people that don't know, Darren is like 12 years old. And he knows <laughs> stuff from like when Wally Parks like founded the nhra like this guy is literally <laughs> incredible i said it before and i love you lewis bloom i'm telling you what i said in our uh, in our uh, group chat i said lewis bloom ain't got nothing on mr darren williams jr i tell you what he could tell now nah, i'll tell you that i'll tell you this lewis bloom is the legit stat guy like lewis bloom has been around awesome. this a, a lot longer than me i'm a lot younger than him so i'll always get the knot to lewis bloom and bob fry bob fry is another great bob historian fry. yeah they're they're great historians they'll, they'll always have the knot we bow, of course, to the greats, but, you know, of course I'm kidding. But, yeah, this guy's amazing. <laughs> this, he's Thank you. But, anyway, yeah, all of that stuff did happen. Also, Austin Pride got his first win here on that same day that John yes. Scott won. Correct, correct, so, correct. Cool, cool stuff. This correct. is a really cool racetrack. I always loved when they came here. It's a pretty fast track, but, like I said, uh, or, like, you know, it, it was hot this year. So. Yeah. Um, I did it a little different this week, folks. I'm a little off my game. It's cool. We're going to do it. So before we get into it, the, the the podcast last week had a lot of technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen. Now, we are professionals, and we continued. I did my best to get through all of it and cut out everything. And then I'm driving to work, and I'm listening to the podcast. That's when I like to listen to it. And then I heard... What, wait, can you see me? <laughs> yeah, I can see you. As long as I can see you, I can hear you. <laughs> and then I also missed the one where you were like, we'll just, we'll just go back. Just cut that out. Just cut that out. And I said, okay, well, I'll cut that out. Guys, I did not cut it out. 
<laughs> it was still in there. So good stuff. You know, we like performance on the on the. Here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, TJ. What? So yes, we want to be as professional as we can, but I think for the audience. I think it, it kind of shows and correct me if I'm wrong and then the audience correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it kind of shows that, you know, we're just, we're just two bros talking drag racing at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yes. We wanted to be professional, but then they were still just having a casual conversation about drag racing and stuff happens, you know, internet connections go out and stuff happens, you know, and, you know, and so if we left it in, I don't think, I don't think the audience cares that much, you know, as long as they get the, the what they're came here with, what they get, what they come what they're looking for. Exactly. And it was so funny. Like, Every time I heard that part, literal tears in my eyes. I was literally dying. So <laughs> good stuff. You know, we like we like the laid back uh, atmosphere here. We we keep them in. We keep them in. I try. I I got rid of the bad ones, but you know, we kept them in. So anyway, we're gonna get started. Darren, why don't you go ahead and get us started with the first class? You know, you know the the long skinny cars. You know, what what are they called? Top fuel eliminator. Yes, sir. Round one. Hey, how about eight and nine qualifiers? First up, <laughs> yeah, that's race that. Happened? Yeah, you never see that anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stop me when you heard this one. No, so Josh Hart, number eight qualifier, uh, three point eight six five three oh one in qualifying to Clay Milliken, who's number nine. Uh, he ran a three point eight six eight three ten in qualifying. How about Josh Hart's going to get the win in the left lane? Three point seven five nine three twenty five. 61 to Clay Milliken's 3.792 at 323.04 miles per hour. Now, Darren, mm -hmm. we did only saw 170 in qualifying, and we mm -hmm. and that was by that flavor pack car. Mm -hmm. There were, I wrote it down. We, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Where did I write it? I wrote it somewhere. Uh, where did I write it? Okay, I don't know, but there were a lot of 370s in the first round. It was the coolest track they had seen all. all, all weekend yeah 10 30 so, start yeah that was kind of expected uh let's talk about the the weather conditions before we get too too into it 79 degrees for the air temp relative humidity six uh 59 so about 60 percent that's a lot of water grains in the air the barometer 29.93 the adjusted altitude altitude 2265 2265 feet the track temperature was 114 degrees so it was still pretty good out there for him. How about the margin of victory at the far end of the racetrack? 25 feet. 25 there you go. Feet. There you go. Uh, so Clay Milliken, we'd like to call out the sponsors. RNL Carriers is going on to the second round. Clay Milliken for Parts Plus Summit and Walmart are going to go home. They're going to pack up the car and they're going to move on to the next race. How about the Maco Tools, Hankster for Sirius XM, top fuel car lining up next to his former teammate, Leah Pruitt. Uh, in the sparkling ice this weekend for Tony Stewart racing. I love that sparkling ice car. That's a really nice car. It's beautiful, huh? Yeah. Side note, I'm not, I'm not getting paid by, and we're not getting paid by them. But I tell you what, they are really good. They are tasty. They, they are very good tasting drinks. So just so, just throwing that out there. <laughs> Leo Pru is gonna get the win. Three point seven eight one three twenty five sixty nine. I can't read. Uh, Antron Brown. Solid effort, 3.9 or 3.796 at 320.81. How about Leah Pruitt with the baby hall shot, 90 to a 93 on the tree, mm -hmm. baby hall shot. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing for Antron Brown. Let's back up real quick, talking about Josh Hart, Clay Milliken. Uh, another first-round loss for Clay Milliken. Obviously, they're struggling big time. And that's actually the second race in a row where Josh Hart has beaten Clay Milliken in the first round. 
because he beat him in the first round in Sonoma too. Uh, so obviously we know Josh Hart's coming around. But for Antron Brown, eight first-round losses now in the last nine races. Eight first-round losses. I mean, wow, I that team. That here too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they are struggling big time right now. Made a good run in the first round, though. Still a good run. I mean, mm-hmm. came out, made a great pass in the first round. So, But, man, it's, uh, it's uh, tough selling over there for that Mako team. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, you know, it's just one of those, I call it, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to call it this, but I have called it this in the past, the Tim Wilkerson effect. You make the great, the best run of your weekend and you're going home. Yeah. You know, and that, I mean, 379.6, that's a great run on, on during this weekend, because, you know, like we said, at mm-hmm. this point, it was one, two, three, four, five. There had only been five seventies run mm-hmm. at, when these two uh, pulled the shoots. So mm-hmm. tough break for the Matco team. Uh, but they'll be back. They'll be back. So in the next pair, we got Jim Maroney and Brittany Force, number one qualifier and the number 16 qualifier. I'm sorry, in the interest of fair point, we're going to go back real quick. Leopold was number 12, 3.897, and Antron Brown was number 5, 3.837, 3.13. So had a solid, solid qualifying effort. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just think it's going to take them a couple more races, but I, I say still keep looking out for that that Mako car. Uh, it's only a matter of time before they get it. And so back to the Britney force matchup at hand, 3.742, 332.43 miles per hour. Just breaks everybody's back. Come on. Track speed record. Track speed record. Didn't know that track speed record, flavor pack monster, all things JFR. I put on my sheet and then we got a Jim Maroney. I'll tell you what that Northwest, Cornwell tools livery on that car. It looks really yeah, good. Yeah, it's nice. It is nice. It looks awesome. And that's cool to see a big sponsor uh, on a, a car that doesn't, you know, go to every single race. I, I like to see that. Um, but Brittany Forrest, 332, setting the track record. Low ET of the meet. She betters her qualifying effort of 3.753, 327. Just, just, just amazing. Just amazing. And, and let's not let's let's talk about it too, since we kind of kind of went over, uh, kind of like gone over, didn't go over qualifying. Yeah, she struggled in those first two sessions in qualifying, you know. And uh, on WFO radio, Alan Reinhardt was saying he talked to Max Savage, and he was saying they thought they were going to run that seventy-five in Q two, but the car just shut off. Okay. Um, so they were they were confident that they were going to do that in Q two, but then they come back Q three. And I mean, just breaks everybody's back. Nobody had been in the, in the 370s yet. And they come up with 375, 600 better than next best car, which is Steve Torrance with a 381. I mean, backbreaker run right there. So yeah. David Grubnick, Max Savage, we always talk about them. Oh, they only run good in the cool conditions. We talk about last year, but this year they're running good in cool conditions. They're running good in moderate conditions. And now they're running good in, in, in the hot conditions as well. So watch yeah. out. Yeah, they're living up to that. Uh, we've been calling that the best top fuel car for a couple of seasons now. And they're mm. they're finally living up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got that consistency and it's consistently fast too. It's yes. not just consistent and in the middle of the pack. It's consistent and near in the top three of every session they run. Every yes. single one, whether it's qualifying, whether it's eliminations. If they're not number one, they're in the top three. It's it's yeah. really impressive. Yes. So hats off to that team there. Uh in the next pair, we got Scott Palmer and Tony Schumacher. Uh Tony Schumacher with the Akuma colors this weekend. The Maynard family, majority owners of that car now. Uh, still with DSR, but uh, majority owners uh, of that that car. Just want to make sure I I said that because they definitely said that on the show this weekend. They uh, had a little sit down with uh, Mr. Maynard, and you know I think that's pretty cool. They're trying to they're trying to start a legacy, so that's pretty cool. So it's uh, called it's called Maynard Family Racing slash Don Schumacher Racing. That's the okay. the correct name for it now. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. 
So we got Tony Schumacher, 3.852 at 294.75. He was second off the line to Scott Palmer's uh, 89, 585, 110 on the other end of the racetrack. So he didn't get down there. But neither car was going through the finish line, full song or clean Mm -hmm. flames. Uh, Tony Schumacher's, he qualified number three. 3.830 3.830 at 3.15 and uh, Scott Palmer I almost said Scott Kalitta uh, <laughs> uh, he qualified number 14 3.981 at 2.75 um, so there was a lot of pedaling this day and uh, Tony Schumacher showing that fancy footwork uh, and getting it down there I don't think he pedaled this run because it was the 85 but check my footwork check my footwork <laughs> exactly the car was definitely not happy going down there uh, but he he gets down there, he gets through the get through the finish line first, and he's gonna go on to the next round. And then the next pair, we get some wackiness here. We got Ron Smith and Steve Torrance. Uh, Ron Smith is qualified number fifteen, and Steve Torrance is number two with that three point eight one nine at three twenty one fifty. He's gonna get the win three point seven nine four. He's with the cool kids. Uh, three point or oh, I'm sorry, three hundred twenty four point. Three six miles per hour for Capco contractors. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so let me see. Uh, Smith was leaking. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about this. So there was some oil leaking during yeah. the burnout. Didn't he do his burnout? Yeah. So he did his burnout, and then the uh, obviously some some liquidy stuff started going out on the racetrack. And so for Ron Smith, obviously, probably this is like his only attempt uh, during the year because he's from the area. So just want to give a, a shout out to Ron Smith. Tough break for him. I know he wanted to put on a great show for the fans, but Steve Torrance, like you said, come out. You know, was number one qualifier to that last session when Brittany took it took it away, and then comes out with a great run in the first round. So let's see what what's in store for Steve Torrance the rest of the day. Absolutely. And in the next pair, we got Alex Laughlin with that Havoline oil car next to. Doug Coletta, the Matt Tool, CMR, Roofing and Construction, Mobile One, and Coletta, all things Coletta, Rev Kim. Coletta's going to get the win, 3.837, 322, 11 in the right lane, too. And this is also something that I noticed, but I'm going to continue the session and we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, Alex Laughlin, 3.856, solid effort, 315, but he's not going to be able to run Doug Coletta down. Uh, at the other end of the racetrack, how about 18 feet? So getting within that 30 feet, so, you know, within that car length. Uh, Doug has, was qualified number four, and Alex was 13. What? what you got? Has Alex Laughlin won a round yet since he came to top field? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. Like, I, I meant to, to look that up. I was like, has he won a round yet? And I can't think about it because I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say any bad things. You're you are a stat guy for the show. Darren. Not to Please knock the guy. Not, not to knock the guy. But I'm like, right, dang, right, has right. he has he won around a, yet? This is a question. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look that up for you guys, folks. Uh, and in the next pair, we got Mike Salinas and Sean Langdon. Now this was weird too. Yes. Uh, Sean Langdon was going. He's going to get the win. Three point seven nine six three twenty one. 73 for DHL, CMR Roofing, Revcam, Mobile One. But that wasn't the story of this uh, of this one. How about Valley Services and Scrappers Pep Boy for Mike Salinas? He didn't, he didn't stage. He didn't stage. He was timed out, folks. Um, so that's not something that usually happens. So there was definitely something malfunctioned on the race car. He could not bump that car into the stage beams. So first, first round loss of the year from Mike Salinas, nothing to worry about, just stuff happens, right. mechanical failure. So what happened was, and hopefully I, I say this correctly, 
So he was backing up from the burnout, but the car went into neutral. And so once that happens, the car's not going to go forward after it. Yeah, there's no way to get it out of neutral. And so the car wasn't going forward. So that's why he wasn't able to stage. And so obviously that allowed Sean Langdon to streak on by streak on for the win because he had no opponent in other lane. But uh, nothing to worry about. Just stuff happens. And uh, I'm sure they'll get that fixed for Topeka. But first first round loss for Mike Salinas. And uh, that opens the door now for Brittany to to pat the points lead. Exactly. And how about this, folks? And and just 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 um, I hate saying this just to piggyback off of what Darren said, like, no, that th- these parts fail sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and it just happens. But once you, they don't have any gears, they don't shift or anything. So there is a reverser that can only be put in reverse and taken out of reverse. Mm-hmm. Once it's in neutral, there's no way to get it out of it. No yes. single, there's no like button in the cockpit that the, the driver can hit and go into forward. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no, no saving it. And, and real yeah. quick, TJ, real quick. And Go so you, we talk about this, right? And how, you know, stuff happens. Imagine this happens final day of the season in Pomona, and you're running for a championship. And that just happens. Like that must be the most heartbreaking thing ever, right? Like, so remember, remember 2017 when it was Steve and Brittany and in that final qualifying session, uh, like Steve's brakes fell off or something like that <laughs> on the last uh-huh. qualifying session. Yeah. And Alan was like, well, better to have it here in the final qualifying session than around one on tomorrow morning, you know? So yeah. stuff just happens. It just, I, I just hope stuff like this doesn't happen in the middle of like, you know, a championship battle, like, you know, coming down to the wire and stuff like that. So, you know, just yeah. something, to th- something to think about. Yeah. And we say it every week. You just don't know when you put nitro in the tank, you know, and, and nitro wasn't really the cause of this, but it's just the parts, you know, the mm-hmm. parts sometimes fail. Uh, I was going to say some one more thing. It'll come back to me. But in the last pair, we got Austin Proc and Justin Ashley. This was the best race of first round, folks. Austin Proc, anytime these two line up, it's always a great race. These two mm-hmm. young guns in the sport. We got 67 uh, on one side, uh, in the left side for Austin Proc. Oh, let me go back. Let me go back real quick. Uh, Mike Salinas was qualified number 11, and Sean Langdon was qualified six, uh, just in the interest of reporting the news. Okay, Austin Proc, he's not going to get the win. 3.796, so he's in the Cool Kid Club. 326, big speed out of the back end, but he's going home. Justin Ashley is going to get the win. 70 on the line, 3.782, So that's second only to Brittany. Uh, how about five feet down there at the other end of the racetrack? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. three, uh, 325 over plus miles per hour, five feet down there at the other end of the racetrack. Uh, Proc with a few ticks on the tree, uh, but Ashley has a difference made up by the time they go past the Christmas tree. I love when I read that. Shout out to Drag Race Central. I'm using their sheets this week. Uh, great, great. I love how they do it. Mm-hmm. The breakdowns are just so clean. Uh, it's it's very nice. So I just want wanted to make sure I shouted that out. These are great sheets mm-hmm. for, for sure. sure. For sure. Um, j- but so uh, Justin Ashley was number seven, qualified number seven, and Austin Proc was qualified number ten for Rocky Mountain Twist Montana brand, and the Phillips Connect entry Vita C shots is going home. They were panel to panel. I have it written here, panel to panel. Uh, so here we go. I, I wrote it right here. I couldn't find it after one. 3.7 running qualifying. We had nine in the first round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Tribute to the safety safari and, uh, you know, the, the track prep and all that good stuff. And then the, the crew chiefs getting it down there, drivers getting it down there too. They were definitely ready to pedal. Mm-hmm. I, I know that for sure. 
but 3.79 seemed to be the number uh, for, you know, get down through there. Uh, anything before we go to funny card round one? Yeah, I just want to talk about the last matchup real quick. So obviously, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Austin Pratt got his first career national win here back in 2019. This is our first race in Seattle since that time. And obviously with him going out first round, he won't be able to be able to repeat and defend that title from 2019. But here's a cool thing. In the other lane, Justin Ashley on the other side of the racetrack, his crew chief, Mike Green, was the crew chief for Austin Proc when he won that race back in 2019. Sure so a little, a, little, a little parallel right there. So just wanted to throw that out there before he moved on. Absolutely. Absolutely. That That is cool. All right, so we had a full field of top fuel cars. We did not have a full field of nitro funny car. But that's 12 okay. funny cars. 12, 12 funny cars. Oh, before we – I said I asked you if you had some, and I said I was going to say something. <laughs> okay, so how about every top fuel car that won, one in the right lane? Mm-hmm. Every single one, one in the right lane. Mm-hmm. Okay, now remember that, folks, because – I'm it's going to come into something. play. It's going to it's come into play. Come yeah. In, it's going to come into play as well. And, and I'm going to say this literally. Well, I mean, if you watched the race, you saw it. I mean, it happened like two weeks ago. But <laughs> but the point is in this round, in, in Funny Car first round, it traded back and forth. Right, left, right, left, right, left. I, I think that's kind of cool. So we're going to get into it now. The the conditions haven't changed very much but let's let's look at that density altitude or the adjusted altitude is 2345 now it's gone up a couple hundred feet uh but the track temp is uh, the same the air temperature has gone up a, a one degree they usually don't change but they have this time uh and the, the relative humidity has actually gone down uh about a few ticks 56 percent for the nitro floppers in the first pair we got Gary Densham and Bob Tasca the third, our most recent winner, uh, Motocraft Quick Lane Ford PPG. He's going to get the win. 3.939, 323.66 miles per hour. That's big speed coming out of the funny cars. We we love seeing that. Gary Densham, a grizzled veteran. I got to read some of these stats. These are so aw- this is this is just so awesome. This is Gary Densham's 403rd start. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, that's that's amazing. Uh, he was first off the line. Bob Tasker, one forty nine on the on the on the light. Uh, he was second to that one twenty four in the other lane for Gary Dentham in the left lane. Gary Dentham was qualified number twelve. Bob Tasker was qualified number one with that backbreaker three point nine six five three nineteen. The speed low et of the event. Mm-hmm. low et of the event 3.93 man that's that's cool we love to see the low 390s yeah for sure and coming off that win in uh in sonoma the previous week comes back qualifying number one obviously they have a great race car and like i said earlier let's just uh continue on and see what the what, what what's in store from the rest of the day exactly he's going to get that win in the right lane remember that folks we got the next pair we got alexis DeJoria and jim campbell uh, Rocket Bandero Premium Tequila, that GR Super in the left lane. And then we have Jim Campbell, the Lascure Complete Mechanical Hellcat for Jim Dunn in the right lane. Alexis DeJoy is going to get this win, though, 3.964, 320.74 miles per hour. She was 90 on the tree, so she left first. Jim Campbell, 404, that's where they live, 404.5313, solid effort. He just got outran this time. Uh, Alexis won this race in top alcohol funny car in 2011 yes and this is jim campbell making his 
115th start. We love a good stat on the Nitro Performance Guide. So, that was in the left lane, folks. She won that in the left lane. You got anything on that one? Yeah, great run for Alexis, first off. But um, got to get a – so, obviously, like you got, like you just said, this was a few weeks ago. But um, interesting thing here. So, Jim Dunn, the car owner, was actually not in attendance this weekend. Um, so, his wife, I believe her name is Diane Dunn, had contracted COVID-19. Uh-huh. So, Jim and granddaughter, Jonna Dunn, decided to stay home for the weekend. And John Dunn, Jim's son, I believe that's Mike Dunn's brother, was the crew chief. Uh, for this weekend and obviously you know john did a great job you know made some great passes in the final qualifying session and for, uh, see right there in the first round of elimination so john dunn did a great job and uh just want to get well soon to uh to diane and hopefully we see them out the racetrack this weekend in topeka absolutely get well soon uh jim dunn was qualified or jim dunn's car was qualified number 11 and alexis was qualified number two yeah in qualifying so in the next pair, we got Matt Hagen and John Forrest, a Titanic match. <laughs> Titanic. Titan- this is a final round, man. Yes. This is a final round. How many weeks have we seen a final round or three or four in the first round? Isn't that crazy? Uh, John Forrest is going to get the win, though. He was not in the gas the whole time. Hey, pe- check his footwork. You yes. Gotta, you got yes. to give John Forrest his credit. 277. 277. And he pedaled. Listen, caught it quick John, too. Yes, he always catches it quick. Yes, one thing John Ford's gonna do is catch that car, he's gonna catch it quick. The peak antifreeze and coolant blue death Chevy Camaro is gonna get the win 4.277. It's so weird to say numbers in the fours. <laughs> 4.277.66 miles per hour. I love a good synchronistic moment here. He left second though, 73 on the line to Matt Hagen, 62. 463-3 at 186 from Matt Hagen. He had a little bit more trouble, and he couldn't get the car to recover. Uh, Matt was qualified number 10, and John was qualified number 3 with that solid 4-0 pass, 311 in qualifying. So it also says here, John Forrest wins 80% of his first-round races when he has lane choice. Okay. <laughs> Matt Hagen is 7-9 against Forrest in round 1, and he, it's been 56 races since Hagen lost in first round at three consecutive races. Yes. Wow. Third Isn't consecutive first round loss for Hagen. Yeah, third consecutive wow. first round loss. And here's the thing for you, too. So, like I said, this is our first time in Seattle since 2019, right? Yeah. Remember? Do you remember what race replaced this last year? Oh, Pomona. Yeah, the hot, hot summer Pomona, Lord. That's crazy. So do you remember what happened one year ago when we raced at Pomona? So obviously this is one year to the same weekend we were at Pomona. John Forrest and Matt Hagen raced around one. And John Forrest won. Remember Matt Hagen got mad because he said John Forrest is playing games on the start line? Yeah. Yeah, and they had that little t- top-end alter- altercation. Well, John Forrest yeah, and Matt Hagen. better than that. I yeah, that. yeah. So it's funny how one year later, same weekend, obviously this time we're in Seattle as opposed to Pomona, they raced around one again. And another fun matchup. Obviously, you know, no games played on the starting line this time, but, you know, John Forrest comes up with the win once again. Yes, sir. John catches it. He was rolling past 330 and caught it. Like, I mean, just psychic. Mm-hmm. He is psychic in a Nitro Funny car. Second nature. He knows what it feels like. Okay, this is our John Forrest celebration moment of the week. You know, we always have him. But, I mean, come on. Like, you, can, you can't dispute that. The guy, when it comes to pedaling, mm-hmm. come on. Come on. Pedaling a Nitro funny car. And we know that's not easy because of the suction that's coming through that supercharger. Uh, and this is also where he got number 150. So, he's got good juju here. 
yes. he run that race in the right lane, folks. If you've been keeping track, it's right, left, right so far. Uh, and uh, I already said where they qualify. So we're going to move on. Tim Wilkerson for Levi Ray and Shoop or Shop. It's one of them. I've I was about both. to say, I was about to say, is it Shop or sh is it Shoop or it's, Shop? I've, shop. Heard, I've heard both. I don't know. I'm going to say both. <laughs> people don't yell at me. And then we got Cruz Pedregon in the Snap-On franchise Hellcat. Love that car. How about Tim Wilkerson is going to get the win? 445-9214 to Cruz Pedregon's 462-181. Cruz Pedregon is going to go home. Uh, he was qualified number four with that four with a four flat with the two. One thousandth off of John Forrest. And um, Tim Wilkerson, because I can read, is qualified number nine. Uh, so let's look at what happened on the race. Wilkerson started to haze the tires and did a quick pedal drive to get it hooked up enough to get the win. He will have lane choice against Force in the next round. That's always a good matchup when those two line up, too. Mm. Uh, we got Ron Caps and Robert Height in the next pair. Oh, also, if we're keeping track, he won that in the left lane. So we got right, left, right, left. Okay. How about parody in the lanes, folks, in Nitro Funny Car? Ron Caps and Robert Height. Uh, Robert Height is qualified number five, and Ron Caps is qualified number eight uh, for the Napa Auto Parts GR Super. That's just a good looking car, I tell you what. And then we got the AAA of Southern California on the other side, and all things JFR. How about low ET of the meat, folks? 3.914, 323.35 miles per hour. I tell you what, you know, after, after seeing some performance that was kind of not jimmy proc robert height like in the previous race i mean running low et in the first round that's what we expect from that auto club southern california car mm -hmm. so it was it was kind of cool to see that height has the lead by the time they go past the christmas tree height was second off the line though 48 for ron caps to a 80 for robert height uh he never trails for the win he makes the quickest pass of the weekend and he'll have lane choice over alexis DeJoria in round number two. He did that in the right lane, folks. Crazy. Crazy. Are they, what's going on? And I'll tell you what. So you talk about John Forrest, Matt Hagen in the first round. Well, how about that? We get Ron Caps and Robert exactly. Hype first round, too. Another and final. I, I'll tell you what. And Ron Caps cannot get away from these John Forrest boys in the first round. Because remember, he raced John Forrest in the first round of Sonoma last weekend. Yeah. And this weekend, he gets Robert Hype in the first round. So he cannot get around these dudes. Um, I want to go back just a little bit to the – uh, it's uh, Cruz Petragon and Tim Wilkerson. And sure. for Cruz Petragon, with John Collins over there, I'm going to say this. I think they are sandbagging until the countdown. I honestly think so. I haven't, I haven't followed that team closely, like on social media or stuff like that, or I don't watch the Fox broadcast to say, you know, to hear what, what's going on with the team. But I really think, and I don't mean sandbagging in a bad way, like, oh, you know, I mean, they are literally testing. And once the countdown comes, they're going to flip that switch. Because Cruz Petragon is too good of a racer and John Collins is too good of a crew chief to where they're, you know, performing the way they are. It's not terrible, but I expect them to have a few more wins. And with John Collins, he's a very conservative crew chief and he runs. These are the type of conditions John Collins thrives in. And for them to go out first round and stuff like that, I really feel like that team is trying some stuff. They know the most important part of the season is the countdown. And I feel like once this countdown, I feel like once we get to Indy, that switch is going to flip. And we're going to see Cruz Petragon run a lot better once these final seven races come around. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree, uh, because we all know what John Collins can do with this yeah. car and this crew. I mean, it's the same, yeah. the same type. I mean, it's probably a different situation than we, uh, when TJ was driving, but it's the same, same situation. Hellcat, yeah. six disc clutch. You know, 
same situation, same people. So yeah. we all know they used to always run consistently top five every session with, with TJ behind the wheel. So now the Cruz Pentagon, one of the greatest to ever do it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I yeah. agree with that. They're definitely going to run a whole lot better. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, you know, I think a lot of teams have a, di- a couple different approaches. They, they yeah. do the, okay, we're going to try to win every race for one team. And then the other team is like, ah, oh, well, well, we'll just, we need to advance at every round if we, at every race, if we can. And then some are just like, well, we're just, we're just testing until the countdown. And as we're testing, hopefully we get round wins. <laughs> But, you know, I, I agree with that. Well, if you remember, if you go back to 2011, so 2010, Matt Hagen loses the championship in a heartbreaker to John Forrest on the final day of the season at Pomona. Matt Hagen came in with the points late at Pomona, lost the championship. And Tommy DeLago was his crew chief at the time. So what they do the following year, 2011, everybody's like coming back like, oh, man, Matt Hagen, you know, this is breakout year. He's going to dominate 2011, right? Well, they didn't win a race during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Didn't win a race. I mean, it was kind of like they were kind of struggling during the regular season. And what happens when it goes? To, what happens when they go to the countdown? First race out in Charlotte. First, first funny car into the threes. Three ninety nine five. What do they do? Come out, win the race. What do they do? Come out, win, uh, win the win the world finals, win the championship. It's like the the switch just flipped once they, once they got into the countdown. So we've seen some teams have that approach before. It's like at the end of the day, it's just like the NBA now. The NBA regular season has gotten so watered down now because everybody just looks forward to the playoffs. Right. And I feel like that's the thing everybody knows. Like, hey, all bets are off. If you're in the top five, top six in the countdown, all bets are off. We have a chance. So I think that's yeah. kind of like their approach now going into the countdowns. The final, and I would say the count, I, I throw Indy in that too because you want to win the U.S. Nationals. So the, everything really starts once the U.S. Nationals comes in a few weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and we're going to talk about that uh, at the end of this episode of, about – what we got left on the docket for the for the rest of the team is the rest of the teams. I can't hear myself. I got to be able to hear myself. <laughs> All right, we got in the last pair. We got Jr. Todd and Blake Alexander. Blake qualified number six. Jr. qualified number seven. Jr. Todd in the DHL, CMR Construction and Roofing Super. All things Kalita is going to get the win. Three point nine five five, three twenty five fourteen. In the left lane, so we've we've seen winners in each lane several times. Like so, we had two, we had three winners in the right lane and three winners in the left lane, completely even. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Blake Alexander, three point nine nine zero three twelve, solid run for the Prontos Auto Services Mustang for Jim Head, but he's going home. Solid effort. But so this, I don't remember this. I don't remember ever seeing this where in in a nitro a session where the the wins come and they trade i mm-hmm. i don't remember ever seeing this so mm-hmm. i think that's very cool um i did write down how about jr todd's average reaction time is 60 mm-hmm. and then what did he run in this one 60 <laughs> like it was funny because they said that and then he went 60 on the light to blake alexander's 98 mm-hmm. so I mean, that that was a solid first session. You know, anytime we see tire smoke coming off of these cars, that doesn't mean that it's not a good session. That mm-hmm. means we're going to see some pedaling. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's very, very, very cool. What you got on Funny Car before we go back into the long things? Nah, just a great, you know, a great good session. Saw some good runs, saw some monster matchups, and I'm looking forward to see how it plays out for the rest of the day. But for J.R. Todd, I don't think he gets enough credit for how much of a great driver he is. Like you said, Absolutely. 60 on the reaction time. We saw what he did at Indy last year when he had to, when he couldn't get the, when he couldn't get the 
the car uh, forward to stage and he whacks the dude, throttle. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, the dude is just an amazing driver behind the wheel. And so I don't think he gets enough credit for how much of a, a badass driver he actually is. Absolutely. And just, just so you know, I didn't have the podcast at the time when that happened, but dude, that was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This guy hits the gas to stage and he mm-hmm. did it. He didn't roll through. Mm-hmm. He, per- I mean, this, look, I said it on last week's podcast. J.R. Todd is one of our favorites here. Mm-hmm. He is one of the like the greatest drivers to ever strap into a nitro car. And I say a nitro car because the guy has won in top fuel too. He beat the Sarge in his first race win. So like this this kid has I mean kid, he's older than me. First like, two race wins too. First two race wins. First know? two so race wins. This guy is amazing. How do you stage a car with a throttle? Cruz thought he was playing with him. No man, like that that that's crazy. That's crazy. That kind of inspired some of the spirit that we saw the next week in Maple Grove. But <laughs> <laughs> good TV, good TV, right? Mm-hmm. So in the next round of Top Fuel, we got Tony Schumacher and Sean Langdon. Performance advantage for Sean Langdon, three point seven nine seven three oh four. How about Tony Schumacher? He's gonna get the win though. Forty five on the lights that's rare that you get off the line before sean langdon but sean langdon was very uncharacteristically late yeah. 121 that's not a sean langdon number it happens though but sean uh langdon is going to go home tony schumacher is going to get the win 3.827 313 whole shot victory that's basically when the car that the, the slower car wins because they got off the line first and there's a quicker but i used to always love when marty reed and and Mike Dunn, you say quicker but losing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it, that's right. Mm-hmm. It was quicker, and he lost. <laughs> and here's, yeah. Here's the thing, though, TJ. Okay. So, like we said, this ha- this race happens two weeks ago. Happened two weeks ago, so we know the 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 end result. But for yeah. Sean Langdon, just imagine if he had got off the line first. So let's right. fast forward to the semifinals real quick. Mm-hmm. I'll say I'll save it because I don't want to give it away too much. But anyway, if 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 Sean Langdon could have got around that got around Schumacher in that in that round right there and had actually a good light. We, we should probably see Sean Langdon in a winner circle, the way things oh, played yeah. out, the way things oh, yeah. played out. Because if, if, yeah. if, if the next two rounds for Tony Schumacher, the way they played out, if Langdon could have got around Schumacher, Langdon would be in a winner circle right now. Just Absolutely. saying. Just saying. Yes, that's a great point. And that's why I love that we have this show to like really talk about it. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Because Tony didn't make he didn't make those star runs that, that everybody yes. else was making. He, I mean, it was a stinker, but he got it to the winner circle, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that that's the that's that's the end result, right? And I always say when we get to race day on this on our episodes, I say, you know, the numbers don't matter, mm-hmm. but the wind light does. Um, and before we go farther, we didn't talk about weather conditions. Eighty six degrees. I like to keep the sheets next to me so I can see here. Uh, it's gone up about six degrees since the end of Funny Car Round One. Forty five percent. On the relative humidity so the air the water drops have gone down a little bit the barometer is 29.58 so about the same and then the adjusted altitude 2688 feet so it's definitely gotten a little worse they usually like ideal conditions to be 1500 feet uh i mean obviously below that is even better uh like when we're at like what, what did we have uh when we were at gainesville just that's stupid like negative. yeah <laughs> negative that's ridiculous but and, and that's like you know star wars conditions uh but we all know what happened on that race you know they, they were like what is this but anyway and it was 130 degree track temp so it is no longer 
good for the taking at that point. Um, Tony Schumacher won the race by 21 feet. By 21 feet. So, I mean, I'm not, I can't do the math here, but, I mean, Sean Lang was dead late. And just less than a second, less than a, I would say even half a second, 21 feet at the other end of the racetrack. Mm. 21 feet. Both cars over 300. Uh, not not crazy, you know, 313 and 304, but, you know, that that's incredible. I just love how these cars accelerate. It's really ridiculous. Um, yeah, just just a tough break for Sean Langdon. He's going to find that winner circle. They 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 have turned the corner. They they got a great shoe in the, in the car. I mean, look, they call shoe drivers just just for those people that know I got to using the drag racing jargon. Uh but I mean, they got a great driver, so there's only a matter of, it's only a matter of time. It's kind of like the the Bob the Bob Tasker the, the third effect. There's only a matter of time before he gets mm-hmm. a win. Yeah, and correct. Uh, I forget what Schumacher said, but he had said during that round is either a quick light or a long light. And he might have said it was a long yeah, light. Yeah, it was oh, a I long light. Down. I wrote that yeah. down. He said yeah. it's usually a, a like point eight to one point two seconds. Yeah. he said it's yeah. usually that, but it was really late. Yeah, he, he said it was a real long light. Long. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. long light. Yeah, and basically what that means, folks, is just because you, you you look at the drag racing tree. This is the teaching moment we always have on each episode. You look at the tree and you go, well, they could just time that. Well, no, the NHRA figured that out. So every tree is random. So basically when each driver goes in pre-stage stage, the the starter hits the button and the tree will activate at a random, random uh, interval. So the driver cannot, you know, time it. I mean, that, that would be cheating. So they, it's random every time. But Tony Schumacher was saying they were some long trees this day. And I actually watched as the race went on, they were consistently pretty long. So that would explain some of the more uncharacteristic reaction times we saw mm-hmm. uh, uh, from the nitro cars, uh, pro stock pro. Yeah. They, they didn't really suffer, but, <laughs> but uh, the nitro guys leaving on an idle, they definitely did. Uh, in the next one, we got Josh Hart and Brittany force. How many times have we seen this matchup, but look at who wins this time. Brittany, Force is going to get the win. 3.791, 327. Backed it down a little bit. Josh Hart hazes down the track. Brittany had to pass him for the win because Josh Hart left first. 48 on the light. Uh, 392, 291 uh, on the other end of the racetrack. So Josh ran into some problems down there uh, as he started to haze past the eighth mile. Let me look at the, because I know they put the things on here. Hart and Force have uh, each won four times against each other in prior events. Okay, okay. I thought it was a little uneven. I thought it was more in uh, Josh's favor. Mm-hmm. But, okay, they, they're even. Cool, cool. Um, just in, in the interest of fair reporting, Tony Schumacher is the only car that will win in the left lane this round. Just just so we're keeping track here. I didn't, I didn't go through everything, but uh, he's the only car that won the left lane. I think that's so interesting. Um let me see. 48 for Josh Hart. Incredible. Incredible. Um, so the flavor pack car is going to go on to the next round. In the next pair, we got Doug Kalitta and Leah Pruitt. The 2018 Seattle runner-up, Leah Pruitt. Doug lost a cylinder down track, and Leah Pruitt is going to get the win. 3.818, 322.42 miles per hour. 80 off the line, but Kalitta left first. 3.8 Two seven and three sixteen. How about twenty three inches down at the other end of the racetrack? Over three hundred miles per hour. 
22 in or 23 inches. That's ridiculous. <laughs> These cars are 30 feet long, folks. 30 mm-hmm. feet long, about eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. 23 inches down at the far end of the racetrack. Both of them going over 300, uh, 315. Yeah, because Kalita was 3 316. Pruitt was 322. Panel to panel. That's crazy. I, you know, we love side by side, panel to panel drag racing here. <laughs> And here's the thing, though. So we talked about Matt Hagen, three consecutive first round losses in a row. It seems like the performance on the drag show and the funny car have kind of switched mm-hmm. in the last three races. But obviously, yeah. you know, Leah Pruitt falling here in the second round. But let's let's take a look at some stats real quick for Leah Pruitt, because sure. it's like a, it's been a big turnaround. So the first seven races of the season, Leah Pruitt had a one in six round record in the first seven races in a DNQ. Remember, he had, she had that DNQ in Gainesville. Yep. One in six round record in the first seven races. The last six races, she has a win in 11 and five round record. So 10 more round wins in the last six races than in the first prior to the first seven races. I mean, this team has literally turned a corner, turned it around, you know, they're winning rounds and it's something like this, like, you know, the Sony Schumacher, like, I don't, like I said, I don't want to spoil it, spoil it, but we know who won the race, but Schumacher was saying how, you know, his team, he's confident his team is good enough to win rounds now, but he doesn't believe they're fast enough to win races. Yeah, Leah Pruitt got a win in Denver, kind of anomaly, but a win's a win. But I feel like this team now, they're good enough now to where they can consistently go out and win rounds. Now let's see if they can pick up the pace now and so they can consistently win races. But uh, Neil Strasbaugh and that team, you know, they're, they're running good. And so I, I feel like Leah Pruitt is going to be a, I don't think she's a championship contender, but I believe she'll be a spoiler in a countdown. Oh, absolutely. That car is, is just getting better every week. And uh, it's good to see that. Because that's a good car. That's a good team. So hats off to Neil Strasbaugh and the rest of the crew for turning that car around. Leah Pruitt won in the right lane, by the way, in the interest of that fair reporting. 23 inches, folks. Ridiculous. Love it. Uh, In the last pair in the first round, we got Steve Torrance and Justin Ashley. (laughs) How about Justin Ashley? It's going to get the win. 3.785, 322 Point four two miles per hour. How about low for round two? Quicker than that that flavor pack car. That's not something a lot of people can say. Mm-hmm. That we got we got low of the round over the flavor pack monster energy car. Um, Steve Torrance six thirty three three ninety five miles per hour. He he left first thirty seven to a sixty two. Hey, they they get up for Justin Ashley. They get up for him. Like, That's what I'm saying. I think like literally like Justin Ashley has Steve Torrance's number this year. Yeah. Like he he has Steve Torrance's number, and for Justin Ashley, like we talk about Mike Salinas, we talk about Bernie Forrest, both have four wins apiece so far this season. But Justin Ashley's like that silent assassin, just keeps on going, winning rounds, keeps on winning rounds, being consistent and keeping themselves up there with Bernie Forrest and Mike Salinas on the points and sitting third right now. I mean, I'm telling you what, Mike Green, if they can hit get a hot streak in the countdown, who knows what could happen? But great round win for for Justin Ashley right there, getting around Steve Torrance, and for Steve Absolutely. Torrance. Still not worried at all for that team. Um, like I said, for I said for Cruz, they're gonna sw- uh, flip a switch once once Indy comes around. Same thing for Steve Torrance. I feel like once the U.S. National comes around, we're gonna flip a switch and they're gonna go out and start winning races. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. We're definitely still not worried about that Capco Contractors flagship top fuel car because Dad'll probably be out at those races as well. They usually start running Billy Torrance's car uh, a lot around that time, so he'll have he'll definitely have some help. Steve was up in smoke passing the 330-foot block uh, on this run. And Justin Ashley, clean, straight, and true. Clean header flames going down there. 
to win the race. He also won that race in the right lane. So we got left, right, right, right mm-hmm. uh, for the top few round two. So moving, switching gears to Nitro Funny Car in round two. We only got three pairs this time. Uh, but, you know, six or, or 12 Nitro Funny Cars, but we still got to put on a race. So that means somebody's going to get a buy into the final. Let's see who's going to get that. In the first one, we got Tim Wilkerson and John Force. How about John Force is going to run the low ET of his weekend? Car was straight down Boulevard, header fire up, shooting over the roof, 3.965, 323.97 miles per hour. Next to Tim Wilkerson, who ran into some trouble, uh, just fell off the pace, 446, 201. John left first, 93 to a 97 light. He's going to move on. Let's look at the weather conditions shortly uh, before we move uh, before we start talking about it. 86 degrees, so the air temp didn't move too much. Um, the humidity didn't as well. Uh, the barometer is the same as well, and then the adjusted altitude is also the same. Track temperatures, 130 degrees. How about 15 degrees uh, between first and second round? Ridiculous. So. Force with a slight starting line advantage. He never trailed for the win. He makes the quickest pass of his weekend. Wilkerson started to haze the tires just past half track. Starting to apply that power. You know, you got to They got to They don't have the mechanical advantage that the top fuel cars do. So the top fuel cars can kind of get down a, a a more tricky track than the funny cars. And in that short wheelbase, they're mm-hmm. they're at a disadvantage there. You got to apply the power a little differently. Uh, but John Force is going to get the win. He's going into the semifinal round for the second straight race. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that they consistently are able to get into the semifinals. It's just giving up over the hump and getting into the final rounds. Yes, they got to the final round of Sonoma last weekend, but it's like the the semifinals is like once they get there, they cannot get over that hump and get to get to the final round and, and win races. So um, let's see. Uh, let's see what's in store for them this weekend once we get to the semifinals in just a little bit. Sure. And that being said, and you guys know, I always say this. If I'm if I'm if I got a driver, if Darren is my driver, I really want to make sure we get to at least the semifinals every race because mm-hmm. you're accumulating points. You don't have mm-hmm. to win the race to be in the contention. We saw years ago, Brittany Forrest didn't really win a whole lot, but was going rounds and she was in the conversation mm-hmm. at the end of the year. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't as close as it could have been if she would have won a little bit more. But like, I mean, those are points. So that's 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 a good point, though. But as a John Forrest fan, I want to see him win races. So Absolutely. I'm going to say that. I mean, come on. Hey, but TJ, though, so this is the time now for our John Forrest set of the week. Let's do it. And so for this weekend, it's actually not, well, for this episode, it's not, you know, related to Seattle. Obviously, this week, you know, it's Topeka. Right. So let's go back to 1996. That will be 26 years ago. In Topeka, in the middle of the summer, John Forrest becomes the first driver to break in the 480s. That weekend, he goes 488 with a nine, goes on to win the race, defeats Cruz Petragon in the final round. That's the same year he had his driver of the year season when he won 13 races and 16 final round appearances that year in 19 events. Wow. And there goes your John Forrest out of the week. 488 in Speak, a first drive, first funny car driver to dip into the 480s. 488. And he did it. He he got into the 80s too. You know, some people sometimes when they go in there, it's four. 489.9. No, he was, he got, he stepped into the room, folks. 488. 488 That's with awesome. a nine. And That's here's awesome. the thing. Here's the, here's what's crazy though. So, like I said, John Force was the first funny car driver to dip into the 480s, 1996. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it happened at Topeka, right? Right. The first top field pass to dip into the 480s happened in Topeka as well. That was Gary Ornsby, 1990. Sure. How crazy is that? Both, both when both times a, a nitro driver in each nitro class dipped into the, and dipped into the four eighties and happened at Topeka. How cool is That's that? Awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. We know that because of our personal stat guy. We, we know <laughs> that. Thanks, Barry. You're welcome. <laughs> in the next pair, we got Jr. Todd and Bob Task of the third. How about Jr. Todd? DHL. He's going on 323.35 miles per hour. He's in the left lane. Again, we're seeing the going back and forth. Look mm -hmm. at that. Uh, 60 on the line. Okay, I, I misspoke earlier, folks. Uh, JR's average reaction time for this season is 63, his average. He hit a 60. This is the second time today he ran that six, or he is a 60 on the uh, line. 3,000. Who cares? 3,000. Yeah, yeah, 3,000. No, right, right, right. But hey, just, I'll just say think what. Of that, that with race, with races that's won and lost by ten, one ten thousand of a second, I guess 3,000 is a lot, you know? <laughs> that is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it kind of is, right? <laughs> so JR was straight down the groove, clean header flames. The car looked good going down through there. Bob Tasca is going to home. The streak is over. The, the streak, streak is, is, is over. Yes, the streak is over. 775, one, 105, uh, 66. Tasca was up in smoke at the hit. He pedals it, but he's back up in smoke. And and the longer it takes them to go down the racetrack, folks, the earlier in the run they encountered those problems. Mm -hmm. uh, we got seven seconds here, and, and we've seen some some trouble on this day. Uh, but if the car has already got that momentum going and they, they you know, start hazing the tires after half track, you're going to still see the momentum show up on the board, you know, with a four or something. You know, they're mm -hmm. not going to run 380, right? Mm -hmm. or, or in the top fuel car, they're not going to run 360. But they're still going to get down there because that momentum, you know, uh, Isaac Newton, all that good stuff. Okay. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got Alexis DeJoria and Robert Height. How about the John Force boys? Robert Height is going to get the win 79 on the light. 118 for Alexis DeJoy, kind of uncharacteristic for her, uh, but Robert, 179, not 179, I was going to say one for some reason, 79 on the light, uh, he, he left first, 3.960, 320 miles per hour, he's going to get the round win, 3.96 quick of the round, 5,000 quicker than his boss, look at that, 3.965 to a 3.960, you can say the John Force cars are, are dialed up. Mm -hmm. You can say that. All the pipes were lit. They were straight down the groove for that Auto Club Chevy. Listen, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. How about J.R. Todd is going to be the winner, 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 chicken dinner. He's going to get that free pass into the final. Yes, sir. Uh, so he's in the final. Yes, sir. He is in the, the final. That's that's how they shaked up at the end of round two. I don't know why I put my sheets over like 10 feet away from me and I need them, but it's fine. We got top fuel, final four. How about number 12, number one, number three, and number seven in the semifinal rounds? What does it say? Nitro cars make more horsepower than they need. Yeah, they do. Tony Schumacher, uh, Tony Pedregon. I always call him Tony Schumacher. Tony Pedregon on the TV show. He said, because he did a little tuning when he was uh, driving, you know, so he did a little tuning. He knows what he's talking about. So I always listen to Tony when he's talking. But uh, yeah, nitro cars typically make more more power than they need on any given time, uh, especially in this kind of situation. We got 90 degrees track or air, 90 degree air. The relative humidity is 40 percent. So that air or that water in the air is going down, down, down. The barometer is 29.88, which I believe 
is a little lower than first round. So it's changed a little bit. And then the adjusted altitude, almost 3,000 feet, folks. 2,971 feet. Track temperature is 138 degrees. Almost 140 degree track temperature, right? Isn't that incredible? So we got Leah Pruitt for Sparkling Ice Caffeine and Tony Stewart Racing. And then Brittany Forrest in the right lane. Leah was in the left lane. Flavor Pack. Monster Energy. Quinwell Tools. I lost a train of thought for like two seconds. I was like, where am I going with this? Sponsors, TJ. All right, here we go. Brittany was first off the line, 87. 3.823, 325. Brittany is in her 33rd career final and 5th of 2022, beating Leah Pruitt, 629-105 or 107. Uh, Forrest with the starting line advantage, and she never trailed for the win. Leah Pruitt was up in smoke as she approached, wow, she approached the 330-foot mark. It was straight and true for Brittany Forrest. Good driving. She kept it right down the uh, lane. And that's why I always like to watch the cars, guys. Just, just a side note here. I like to make little notes about the cars and what they do going down the racetrack and how the driver drives the car because we know anytime you hit the gas, it doesn't mean it's going to be straight. Every driver is not on the same level of keeping it straight. I'll just mm-hmm. say that. Uh, Brittany Forrest did a solid job. And not every track is different. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, you put a cylinder out or push the car either which way. So, you know, but on a run where all eight pipes are lit and it's just straight down, straight and true, we got to give kudos to those drivers to do that. And, you know, you mentioned that. And there's some tracks where, you know, you'll drive the car and the groove will actually either pull you to the wall or pull you to the center line. You sure. know, it's not just, you know, with these cars, it's not just, oh, be good on a reaction time and get it to the finish line. You know, exactly. it's like it's get a good reaction time and you have to keep this this car in the groove from either hitting the wall, hitting the center line. And also, too, people don't people don't realize this, too. You can get this car just a slight inch out of the groove and it'll smoke the tires. Mm-hmm. I don't get I don't think the drivers get enough credit like you you get this car just slightly out of groove at some of these racetracks like some of these racetracks was like marginal maybe not like a Sonoma or a Vegas or something like that because the tracks are just so pre- uh, greatly prepared but you yeah. get to like a, a Seattle or something like that like a racetrack here and you get this car just slightly out of the groove on a hot greasy racetrack like this and you're spinning the tires so like that's St. what I'm saying too. St. St. yeah too. They, they were talking about how the groove is just so narrow mm-hmm. uh, but th- the thing about St. Louis being in the fall now thank God is that you know you can get a little bit out of the groove because that 337 britney ran mm-hmm. she was not in the center of the racetrack <laughs> no she was not no she was she not was not in the she center was of not the racetrack. so that's just a testament to you know the track and the, just the, the different tracks and you know the whatever whatever I'm, the, and you know, i here, always got to celebrate my racetrack every week folks here's the thing too if you're ever at a drag race mostly on a on a single pass so alan always talks about the sound change yeah. You know, but watch, watch when a, when a nitro car goes to the shake zone, you can literally see a tire shake and it'll go right through it. You can literally see it with the naked eye, yeah. like a car go, like have that tire shake and they just drive right through it. It's, it's really yeah. beautiful to see. It's yeah. really beautiful to check it out next time you're at a drag race. And it's like a single, a car on a single, let watch it. If they, if they have a little tire shake uh, going through the shake zone, it's really yeah. cool. It's very yeah. cool. And that's a reason they call it the shake zone because folks, sometimes on the, on the best runs in the history of the sport, the tires are shaking going yes. through that going through that point on the racetrack and that's why it's so crucial that they're applying the power correctly going through the shake zone mm-hmm. you know people think oh it's just a thousand foot they're just stomping on the gas and they're go- keeping it straight you know like no <laughs> they're, they're, and the driver can feel that too exactly exactly and 
there, there's different sections to this thousand foot and how mm -hmm. much power we need to have. So there's a whole science to it, you know, mm -hmm. and there's been there, there's a legendary pro stock driver who I will not mention, uh, who just said it's just, you know, they, they've said things like, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder could drive those cars or like, you know, say his name, TJ. He's my favorite pro stock driver. Say his name. He's my favorite pro stock driver of all time. You can say his name. He's mine, too. He's mine, too. But I love Top Fuel. And I was like, really? So it was it was from the Johnson family. Uh, it was Warren Johnson, <laughs> and he's amazing. And we love Warren Johnson. Remember, but, you know, remember when he said that, and Jim had put Ray Charles on the side of his car. <laughs> they paint. They literally painted Ray Charles on the side of the car after Warren said that. They yeah, not Stevie Wonder. Ray Charles, yeah. It, yeah, Ray Charles, yeah, Ray Charles, yeah, yeah, Ray Charles. Like I just think, I mean, the spirit is, you know. It's 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 cool, you know. But there there's some, you know, there's there's. I want to talk about that one day where we have a where we have a talk about how, and you're you're there. You talk to them, so like we got the inside scoop. You know, there there's feelings between the classes. You know, uh, between Nitro and and Pro Stock. I think Pro Stock feel like they, you know, and and fans might agree that they kind of get a little slighted a little bit because you know Nitro is, Nitro. Uh, you know, I won't say it's Nitro is the show because I think the show is everything. Uh, I would never just say, oh, Nitro's the show, because I don't agree with that. I think the entire event or the experience is the show. Like, you see the different classes and pro style. First of all, two cars singing down the racetrack, go bumping through those gears. That's there's There is no sound on this earth more beautiful than that. So, love the show. I want to get more in-depth into that, you know, well, at some point. In that case, since you say that, so next show for Topeka, we're gonna be, we'll be recapping Top Field Funny Car Pro Stock and Pro Stock Motorcycle here on the Nitro Performance Guide. Okay, he said it, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> hey, he when's the last it. time? When's the last time you heard Ray Charles and drag racing in the same sentence? Well, when when Warren Johnson said that, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the year. I know what year was that, Darren? That was 2010. My God, he is he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous, folks. We love him. I'm so glad we have him. <laughs> we got uh, Tony Schumacher and Justin Ashley in the next pair. Uh, Okuma, Skag, Maynard, DSR, they're going to the final round. Guess why? Because Justin Ashley crossed the center line. Mm -hmm. He got that thing really sideways. And uh, Tony, Tony Pedregon, he <laughs> that's why I like the TV show. Because Tony is a championship driver. He's one of the best to ever do it. But I tell you what, he gets on these drivers about how they're driving these cars. And I love it. <laughs> he don't let them get away with nothing. He was like, yeah, well, you know, you can't hit a hit the gas in the top fuel car if the car isn't pointing straight. And that's true. That That is true. But, you know, it's race day. You know, you're pop, 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 pop. You're popping that thing. And, you know, those big good years got loose and crossed the center line. I mean, uh, but before you live talk yeah, I'm just I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you live and you learn, though. For Justin Ashley, yeah, I mean, sure. he doesn't he doesn't smoke the tires that much where he's trying exactly. to, you know, pedal in a race. So, I mean, this is a learning, a learning experience for Justin Ashley. You know, you got to you got to you got to live and learn, Absolutely. you know, so. Also, and, and to that to that point, because, you know, teaching uh, these cars don't like to be they don't like high RPMs. <laughs> they only go to eighty five hundred at the step. And that's technically not a high RPM. They don't like being stepped on multiple times during the race. You hit the gas and you get off the gas at the end. That's what these cars like. But when you hit, you continuing to hit the gas like that, I'm always like, oh, <laughs> like, cause I don't know if something's gonna explode. The cars don't like that. But Tony Schumacher got down there, 448, 258. Darren, what you got? 
Oh, by the way, he was not first off the line. We know who was first off the line. Justin, <laughs> 55. Good Lord. We love it. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, for Tony Schumacher, you give me a hot, greasy, nasty racetrack. As far as a driver other, outside of John Forrest, give me Tony Schumacher because he's going to get that. He's going to get that thing, thing to the finish line. Yeah. Eight time world champion. Like we're going to talk about in just a little bit, making history in the final round. If we're talking about if we're talking about if we're talking about a driver's race, like getting his car to the finish line. Give me Tony Schumacher because the, the dude's a badass. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say this, but it's a lot harder to pedal these cars than it is to just hold on to it. And I'll say that, I mean, it's easy for us to say, right. We've never been behind the wheel of one, but like the point is like, it takes a lot to pedal these cars and get them down under control before you, before you come back in. Cause I know you got something. I, you, I saw your face. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, I saw your face. Like he would say so. So how about first final round for Tony Schumacher? Uh, since 2020 Houston, which was one of the best drag races in history, in top fuel history. That was one of the best races. We'll talk about that at some point. How about 60 minutes between the um, the turnaround times between the second round and, and um, the semifinals? Um, so they got 70 or 47 minutes between this round and then the next round. They should have it tore down and built up, ready to start up in about 30 minutes. They're really yeah. ridiculous But with that, but Tight, tight schedule for the Nitro guys to get things turned around for finals. Yeah, they were on a live TV window, I believe, and there were some there were some all downs in the first round, so that's why they had the 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 turnarounds are a little bit shorter okay. in between the in between second round and semifinals. But um, I was so I was on the Competition Plus Power Hour when Tony after Tony Schumacher won, we had Tony Schumacher as a guest, and I literally forgot to ask Schumacher because we talked about it, it was it was a driver's race. It's in a few of those rounds, and I forgot to ask him. I was like, Alan Johnson was very well known of telling their driver on a very tricky racetrack, be ready to pull the brake. And I'm wondering in today's day and age of nitro racing, does pulling the brake still come into play? I forgot to ask Schumacher that. I'm, yeah. And I hate that I forgot to ask Schumacher. It's like, does pulling the brake still come into play? And I hate that. I regret that I didn't get to ask him that. Right. So I got to, I got to ask him that when I get back out to the racetrack, does pulling the brake still come into play? Cause back in the day, for a lot of people, Daryl Gwynn, Mike Dunn, a lot of these drivers are very well known for, hey, if we're, if we're shaking the tires, we're going to pull the brake to help get through it. Pulling the brake was a very big deal for nitro racing back in the day. So I'm wondering if that still comes into play. It probably, probably doesn't, but I, I just I just really want to know if it does or not. That would be really interesting to know because back when that was a thing, I tell you what, they were making probably like, you know, they, they were making a, a fraction of what they're yes. making now, 12000 yeah. I don't know how much a little break, not a little break, <laughs> right? Carbon fiber breaks. They work, they work better when they get hot. But I mean, I imagine they would have some kind of some kind of play. Um, come on, twelve thousand horsepower. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm wondering if I'm just wondering because so, I remember I remember I believe the last time I've heard it was maybe like 2012, 2013 of of somebody pulling the brakes. So I'm just wondering 10 years later, obviously that is a long gap. I'm just wondering, I'm wondering, it's like, man, does that still come to play or not? Like I said, it probably doesn't, but I'm just curious to see if it, if it, if it is still, if it's, if it is still in play or if it's not, when did, what year did that kind of go away? You know? And I forgot yeah. to ask Schumacher that I was like, man, well, you're going to have another chance. Cause we need the answer to that on the show. We need yeah. that. Cause yeah. I, I need to know. I, you know, I know how these cars work intimately. I need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know. Yeah. So in funny cars, semifinals, we got number seven, five, and three. If you've been paying attention, folks, we only got three funny cars in the semifinals because J.R. Todd is going to get a free ride into the final 
round, DHL, RefCam, Mobile One, all things Kalita. Nice pass for him. 3.894. I'm sorry. 3.8. 3.94. Jesus. I think I have dyslexia. 3.984. <laughs> you're like you're like George Lopez's son on the show. <laughs> on the George Lopez show. It's son. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, okay. Okay, actually, I take that back. I don't for anybody who has dyslexia, I don't mean to joke about that. So let's actually let's not joke no, about that I actually. Think, no, I actually think I do have it. Like oh, okay. That's, um, that's not a joke. Gotcha. <laughs> 87 on the light for and it's not a joke, but it, you know, I like to make things funny. Yeah. Uh 3.984, 32350 for DHL and that Toyota Gazoo Racing GR Super. We love that. Strong, strong run. Strong yeah. run. Yeah. And, and and look at this. Look at this. Still 140, almost 40 degree 100. Wait, let me see. I think it might went down. Uh yeah, nope, nope. Same temperature. Uh three uh 138 track temp. 398 in the heat. That's awesome. 323, too. Big speed. You usually see the speed go down. Uh usually the reaction time or the uh the elapsed times will kind of stay consistent but the speed will go down in a hurry when the track temp mm -hmm. goes up uh so 323 on a hot track like that that's incredible and i know tony schumacher said something at the far end of the racetrack like that's ridiculous like mm -hmm. what we're doing what we're able to do out here because mm -hmm. you know at, at the, i know there was a point in history where track temp was getting this hot i'm like oh, we can't run this race mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but it's just a testament to the to, to the technology and just the track preparation just you know ridiculous this mm -hmm. that, that we're able to run these kind of numbers 323 on a 138 degree racetrack it's ridiculous ridiculous 90 degrees air temps same air temp in the next one we got the jfr boys john brute force next to robert height uh well nobody was first off the line in the previous pair because uh it was only jr so uh Robert was the first off the line, and he's going to get the win. 3.976, next to John Forces. 4041, 322, 322, 50, uh, 89 off the tree. Uh, height with the starting line advantage, and it's straight down the groove for the win. Uh, the, the round record 32 and 29 for robert height and john force these are two veterans here i mean robert height's a veteran i remember when he came in the sport he's a vet he's a vet now what was john for 60 foot on that time if you have it i don't have it okay he, he i'm sure he was in deep though let me let me let me find it uh but go ahead and talk real quick and no find I, it. no i'm just saying I'm, I'm sure he's in deep but i mean another final round for robert height i mean jimmy proc and that team chris cunningham they just continue to go arounds and robert height said it you know just a few races ago they did not have a hot weather tune-up but here we go they're running great runs in the heat and onto another final round trying to pick up his sixth win of the season i mean how cool is that and for john forrest like i said you know I feel like the the semifinals is like their Achilles heel. They're able to get to the semis, but once they get to the semis, they just don't run as good and stuff like that, and they're going home. So I want to see, you know, when they can finally, when they get to the countdown, hopefully they can get over that hump and start making the final rounds and start winning races. Because, I mean, like you said, you know, yes, you want to continue to make semifinals, and that's good and all, but when we get to the countdown, it's about final rounds and wins. I'm just being honest. You know, yeah. semifinals would be great, but, you know, if we go for a championship, you got to make it the finals and win races. For sure. Yeah, he was definitely in deep. 919. Gotcha. That's what we always tell. 919. 60 foot is where it, we can kind of see it. Uh, mm -hmm. but it does show up on the, the far end of the racetrack too. So John definitely was probably running 399, three something, 
398, probably on pace uh, with probably JR. I, I don't have the incrementals, but in here, me, but yeah, but hype was gapping pace. him though. That's the thing, the hype was still oh, yeah, gapping, gapping him though. Definitely he gapped him. him, definitely gapped him. Um, it was a great drag race to 330 feet. I mean, you could have thrown a, 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 a cover over them. And I heard that on the last week's podcast. You know, I say that a lot. That's one of the things I say a lot. Throw a cover over them. First of all, if you tried to throw a cover over these cars, <laughs> by the time you released the, the, the you know, the, the cover, they would be down the racetrack. So I think that's funny. Cause oh, no, I could do it. Be able to throw... Okay. <laughs> Derek could throw a cover over the race cars. All right. Yes, I could do it. Well, I mean, if the header fire doesn't just blow it away. No, I can still do it. Okay. You heard it, folks. You heard it first, folks. Like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. Anything is possible. That is for sure. That is true. Okay. Well, Robert Height started to <laughs> Robert Height started to pull away shortly after the 330 foot mark. Uh so his uh 22 Chevy Camaro is going in to the next round. John Force is going to put his 22 Chevy Camaro on the trailer until this weekend at Topeka. How about um they mentioned a stat where and you probably know this. There was a a, a not a grudge race, I guess it was a uh promoted race. They had 64 funny cars here at this racetrack. I don't know. They didn't they didn't say much more than that, you know. Oh, yeah, this was that. this was this was back in the day like in the in the yeah. 70s and stuff like that. That was very yeah, normal. Like you go to you go to Orange County or or some places like that. 64 funny cards was was a was a big deal. Yeah. Really big deal. Yeah, they've they've done that a lot of times back in the day. If if you know too, like Seattle, like I said, this is a, a real like throwback racetrack. Like yeah, if people don't know, the, the Seattle used to be the fall nationals back in the day. Like it had the moniker of the fall nationals, yeah. Yeah, and so um it went away, it went away in 1980, and then it returned on the schedule in 1988. Mm. Yeah, but before that it was the fall nationals, it kind of went away for a while, and then 88 is when it came back on, on the on the schedule. Yeah, that actually happened. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a, a an in, a nitro performance guide if I didn't bring up Gateway or Worldwide Technology Raceway. That actually happened. They were they were not on the schedule for a couple of years. I know the track closed for a couple of years, and then Curtis Francois came in and bought it. So I don't know exactly what happened with Pacific Raceways, but it is a historic racetrack. So yeah, yeah that's that's good. With St. Louis, so obviously, like you know, first race was ninety seven, and it was a yeah. summer race, mm -hmm. and then and their races used to actually be on ABC back in the day. They used to have races mm -hmm. on actual ABC, yeah. Like and there'd be night races on ABC back in the days. Be cool. And then their last race was 2010, and then they took 2011 off, and they came back 2012 was when it was in the countdown that year. And so that was St. Louis's fate. But yeah, Seattle, Seattle's been around for a long time. For sure, for sure. So just warming up for the next episode. Oh, final thing, real quick. Final so, thing, real quick. Uh, okay. Another John Forrest out of the week. So, um, so we talk about Seattle, Washington. And but people don't know that before John Force ever won his first championship in NHRA, John Force won an AHRA championship in Spokane, Washington, in 1985. Oh, in Spokane, Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Yes. Won it. Won it in the final round of the final race of the season. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, typical John Force fashion, right? Yeah. Make it flashy. Make yeah. it flashy. So. It's final round time, folks, and we're gonna get we're gonna get warmed up for the next one. I think we kind of started last week where we start to talk about pro stock finals, uh, but we're gonna talk about it today. We got Troy Coughlin Jr. beats Erica Enders. 
How many times have you heard that Erica Enders gets beat in a final? How about one ten thousandth of mm-hmm. a second down at the mm-hmm. other end of the racetrack? Mm-hmm. Zero inches. Mm-hmm. Zero inches. And she left first. And she left first. 30, uh, 26 to uh, 32. Like 663.8, 208 in one lane, and 664.4, 209 in the other. Tell you what. 71st pro stock winner the class mm-hmm. was formed in 1970 when they that's when they brought it to the nhra at Colin the winter nationals troy coughlin yes sir troy coughlin jr is gonna get it done still keeping it in the same camp so it's not too bad but yeah that's that's cool troy coughlin jr getting it done so you mentioned you know pro stock made his debut in 1970 winter nationals well troy coughlin jr who races for you know for for elite motorsports obviously richard freeman yeah. Grandfather Royce Freeman Sr., who actually just passed, actually raced in that race in 1970, the first ever race to the Winter Nationals. How cool is that? That's but for TJ, here's the thing, though. So first career national event win in pro stock. His uncle, Jed Coughlin, won his first race in Houston, 97, in the fall. His dad, Troy Sr., won his first race in Reading in 2001. It was that 9-11 delayed race. Yeah. So kind of cool for TJ to add his name to the list of Coughlins to win in pro stock. But here's the cool thing, though. So Troy's dad got his second career win in Topeka the following year, 2002. Guess where we're headed next? Topeka. Topeka, Kansas. Yep. Oh, wow. The symmetry. The symmetry. How cool. I love a good synchronicity. Yeah. How cool would it be to have TJ pick up his second career win at the same place where his dad picked up his second career win? Let's see if he could pull it off. Exactly. And his name is my name, too. My name Mm -hmm. is TJ. So, (laughs) but that's, that's awesome. Congratulations to Mr. Troy Coffin, Jr., affectionately known as TJ, a fellow TJ getting the Wally. How about that? Um, so moving to Nitro, putting some cackle in the pipes, we got J.R. Todd in the left lane. I don't think I even talked about the lanes in the previous round. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> we got J.R. Todd in the left lane. Then we got Robert Hype in the right lane. In the interest of fair reporting, I can just go back because I remember it. Uh, J.R. was in the right lane, and so was Robert in the previous round. So Robert had lane choice. Did he have lane choice? Let's see. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I no, forgot. Yeah, he did have lane choice. He had lane choice. So he picked that right lane again. And Robert Height is going to get down there first. He's going to get the win. How about Robert Height was first off the line, uh, 50 to a 68. That's not, again, that's something that we can't say a lot. How many drivers can say they got off the line before J.R. Todd did? 3.975, to in the other lane, 3.978 at three at 324.75 miles per hour. Three thousandths of a second on the racetrack. 3.975 beats a 3.978. That is great top fuel, funny car, drag racing. Nobody calls it that, but I do. How about approximately 10 feet on the other end of the racetrack? This is Robert Height's 59th career Wally, sixth of the season so far for Robert Height. J.R. Todd has won here in Top Fuel. Mm-hmm. They were panel to panel down there at the other end of the racetrack. The weather conditions, I got ahead of myself, 92 degrees. So the, it's been getting hot every single round. It's got hotter. 38% in the humidity. So this is the best air as far as the water grains are concerned that they've dealt with the barometer hasn't changed 2988 adjusted altitude 3095 feet 
the track temperature is 135 degrees, they got a gift. They got three degrees back on the track temp, three or 135 as opposed to 138 in the previous round. Congratulations to Robert Heidnett Auto Club of Southern California, Cornwell Tools, Peak, Antifreeze, and Coolant, all things JFR. He gets it done in Seattle. I'll tell you what. When I was watching that race on NHRA.TV, I swear I thought JR Top won that race. It was so close. I swear I thought yeah. JR Top won that race. But for Robert Height, like you said, sixth win of the year, 59th of his career, 59th. He's almost in the 60 win, you know, category. How cool yeah. is that? 59th career win, sixth win of the year. He ties his career high for wins in a single season. Last time Robert Height won six races in a season, 2019, went on to win the championship. I mean, they're having a great season. We still have nine more races left to go here in the season. And he already has six. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you know when's the last time a driver won more than six races in a season? When? We have to go back to Ron Caps, 2017. He won eight. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's ridiculous that year. <laughs> do you know when? Do you know when's the last time a funny car driver won the championship with more than six wins in a season? With more than six, won the championship with more than six wins in a season. You know when's the last time that happened? When the last time that happened? We have to go back to 2003. Tony Petragon, when he won eight races that year. That's the last time a, a, a funny car driver has won the championship while, while winning more than six races in a season. Tony Petragon, 2003. It has not happened since then. Like six wins is like the max for a champion in the class since that time. And I'll tell you right. what, I think I think it's going to happen this year. I mean, I'll tell you what, we still have a long way to go. And we still have a countdown, but I feel like Robert Height is the clear favorite. If Robert Height does not win the championship, this will be a disappointing season. If he does not win the championship. Oh, yeah. And I think after the season they had last season where it was just so underwhelming for them, where they just, you know, it, it just wasn't a typical Robert Height year. And, I mean, you could he was visibly frustrated, you know, down at the far end of the racetrack last year because he knew that he had a better car. He knew that what they were capable of. But they went back to that 2019 setup earlier this season, and it hasn't let them down. You know, uh, they've been kind of right in the thick of things. But six wallies i mean that's you know you just heard the stats folks and and we got to say this too so let's not let's not gloss over it robert Hyde has low et of the season too remember last year so last year low et was a 383 from ron caps in st louis yeah. well we've seen a 382 so far this season from robert Hyde back back in sonoma so far like so far yeah so far so far that's, that's the crazy part yeah you know i wasn't correcting him but i just was agreeing so far yeah, like, yeah so far and we're going. We we're going. Got to the good stuff yet? Bro. We're going into Topeka. I don't know what the conditions are like, but you know, obviously the cars were different at the time when when Robert yeah. went 379. But I mean, we're headed to Topeka where we saw 379. So I mean, yeah, we saw we still we still got St. Louis in the in the fall. We still got Pomona. If we get some cool conditions, I mean, watch out. Yeah, yeah, and I and I yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm licking my chops, folks. I'm ready. So. We got that side by side drag race. Both of ca both cars going over three. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, TJ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot to cut me off because I said the wrong thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, I gotta um, I gotta I gotta forgot to say the point. So obviously yeah, we know no, Robert Height in the points lead right now. He now is a 228 point lead over Matt Hagen, who's in second. Obviously, like we said, Matt Hagen a donut on the Western Swing. No round wins on the Western Swing. Ron Caps in third, 294 points out. John Force in fourth, 346 points out. And Bob Tasca rounds out the top five, 453 points out. J.R. Todd sixth, Cruz Petragon seventh, Alexis DeJoria eighth, Tim Wilkerson ninth, and Jim Campbell rounds out the top ten. Chad Green finally falls out the top ten. He is now 11th, but Blake Alexander in 12th. Yes, sir. Funny car points. Hey, 
it's still it's still anybody's game. But man, I tell you what, who is in the driver's seat? It's got to be that AAA of Southern California, mm-hmm. Chevy Camaro, Power Solar, for those guys. I mean, it's, I mean, we're we're seeing he's putting on a clinic. You know, it, it's kind of like. He doesn't win every race or win back to back, but like when he does win, there there wins that he beat. Like let's let's look at who he beat. I mean, he beat John Force, Alexis DeJoria, and Ron Caps. That's not an easy path to the final. And then J.R. Todd, you know, Alexander and Bob Tasker, he didn't have an easy trip either. But Robert Hyde beat some really really stout cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just he's earning it, and they're not giving it to him. So. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in our final final, because I'm going to start saying that every week now because I liked it on the last podcast. The final final. <laughs> Top fuel drafter. We got Tony Schumacher and Brittany Forrest. And that's what I was saying before uh, before you did the points. And we got to do the points. So I got ahead of myself. I was excited. So in the previous final, Nitro final, we got both cars going 300, close to 320 miles an hour, right? How about this final <laughs> <laughs> where neither car gets to 300. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tony Schumacher with that stinker. I'm kidding. It's not a stinker. Top fuel, you get a win. Again, I say it. It doesn't matter. The win, the, the, the numbers don't matter. 3977, 251 for Tony Schumacher. He's going to get the 86th win of his illustrious career. The fifth Wally in Seattle. The Flavor Pack Monster Energy Cornwell Tools car is going home 514, 5, 5, uh, 153.14. So Okuma Skag, the Maynard slash Don Schumacher entry is going to get the win. And we have some history here. Uh, yeah, first two times Tony Schumacher won this race was over David Grubnick, who was tuning the car in the other lane. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh Force was up in smoke as she passed the Christmas tree. I mean, she barely, the car, the I mean, the wing didn't pass the Christmas tree because the wing hangs out a little farther back than the rest of the car. I mean, she didn't get past the Christmas tree good before that car was up in smoke. And Tony Schumacher legged it on down through there and got the win, his 86th time of his illustrious career. Tony Schumacher does it again. History. Tied with Bob Glayton, no more. Schumacher has done it. You just witnessed history. 86 career national win passes Bob Glinton on the all-time NHRA wins list. How about that? Tony Schumacher getting the win. First win since 2020. Like we know, didn't race in 2021, but great win for him. And how about this? First race out with the Maynard family as 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 uh, primary owners of the team, and they go out and win the race. Yeah. That's the way you're supposed to do it, right? First race out with the Maynard family, goes out and win the race. And like you said, like Tony Schumacher said, I mentioned this earlier, he said, we're confident now that we can consistently go out and win rounds. We now have to pick up the pace now in the cooler tracks uh, to consistently go out and win races now. So, yes, a great win for Schumacher. Great to see him back in the winner's circle making history, but the team has to pick up the pace, you know, if they want to consistently win races on a consistent basis. But here's the thing, too. Have Phil Schuler helping out this weekend. So Todd Okahara obviously, you know, was sick the past couple of weeks. Phil Schuler comes in. Obviously, we know Phil Schuler and Todd Okahara used to be together when they when they tuned Spencer Massey back in the day. Won a lot of races together. 
Phil yeah. Schuler comes back and then they go out and, you know, win the race, first race out. So congratulations to Phil Schuler coming out, coming out and helping the team. But for Tony Schumacher, great win. And um, like I said, for Lee, I don't think he's a championship contender. Tony Schumacher believes he's a championship contender because he's just the most confident dude out there and he's a legend. Uh, yeah. But uh, I feel like he'll be a spoiler in the countdown. And so from win number one from Dallas in 99, when he took down Scott Coletta uh, in the final round of Dallas uh, that long ago to now 86 here in Seattle, Schumacher's a legend. He continues on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's just amazing to see Tony Schumacher hoisting Wally still. I mean, he is just one of the best to ever strap into a top fuel car. Like, just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So the Western Swing is over 3,104 miles down, folks. They all went back to Indy last week because that's where most of the teams are, are located. Not all of them, but most of them are located in Indy. So looking forward, we got the next races. We got Topeka, Brainerd, the, and Indy. Mm -hmm. And so the countdown is about to start. You know, mm -hmm. September is right around the corner. We got mm -hmm. Maple Grove, Carolina, uh, St. Louis, Texas, Las Vegas, and then we're at the finals. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so you know, looking forward to Topeka. That's a solid racetrack. It's a always, bad fast racetrack. Oh, a very fast racetrack. Funny cars really like this racetrack. Uh, we're gonna do it. I really want to do a time machine episode where we go back to the uh well we do one episode every now and then from the the laid back header era because we're never gonna see that again because mm -hmm. nhr was like no <laughs> i mean nitro funny car shouldn't be doing uh wheelies at at half track mm -hmm. but i mean that's still pretty damn cool <laughs> you know and so uh yeah which is interesting from the the laid back header era how about the jimmy proc said that the car was supposed to run 341 that night really yeah really yeah. Wow. Ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. Ridiculous. You know, have you ever noticed when like you see like a new national record and the number just looks weird? Like, you know, when they break it, like, like when the first time a Jackson when the 360 is like, that just looks weird. Like, you know, yeah. just like, like, like we see like, um, uh, what's another one when, uh, yeah. Like, I don't think that was the closest one or like, uh, what's another one? Ah, man, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see when like, uh, I don't know. I just remember like when the first time I dragged someone through, it was like, that just looks weird. You know, it's like, yeah. it just looks like a weird, because you, you never seen it before, you know? Exactly. Like when a funny car went 370. Yeah, exactly. It just looks weird. 379. I'm like, what? So just I'm imagine, like, it, just imagine if you've seen 340 on the scoreboard. I was like, that just look weird, you know? It's like, wow. And how about this, Darren? In the first round with most of the top fuel cars running 379, how about a funny car run 370? Two of them actually matt hagan and robert height 379 in a funny car man mm -hmm. that's that is just stupid mm -hmm. <laughs> that is just ridiculous mm -hmm. so the and I, I bring this up because we're starting to get into the fast part of the season where it's like go big or go home really and, and that's what i said on last week's episode where and i use this example and i'll use it again because it was good you know darren goes out and qualifies number one on friday night well that's cool but tomorrow we got better conditions and i think i can beat him you know mm -hmm. so and that happens it typically happens or either that or he could he could better his number one qualifier that happens too so it's just it's just really cool to see we're getting to that part of the season it's a really fast racetrack how about mike dunn first 330 the at, at that racetrack topeka kansas mike dunn a top fuel car 330 miles per hour so the track has always been good. Look, and you see my little sign. They can't see it, but you can see it. 330 right there. Boom. So Topeka, moving forward. Um, it, uh, TJ, I don't mean to correct you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to do it. So no, the first. Me. You're the stat guy. So uh, 
the first the first ever 330 mile power pass in a top field car was uh was Phoenix in 99 by Tony Schumacher but the first the oh. first the first 330 mile power pass and 90% rule and when 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 with the 90% was Houston it was Mike Dunn but it was in Houston okay yeah it happened but, in Houston first were they on 100% uh when it, Schumacher did it yeah that was 100 yeah that was 100% but the the first ever 90% was was Mike Dunn it, it was in Houston that year he went 330 that's why he's here yeah. folks yeah. i love being corrected correct me <laughs> No, so three thirty, folks. It's just it's it's why I get up in the morning. <laughs> so I know <laughs> I'm gonna look on my phone and I can look at a video that I acquired through you know means that we won't talk about, and I can see a three hundred thirty run that a car ran three thirty in less than four seconds. I just mm -hmm. it's just stupid. It's just real quick before we move on. Top field points. I gotta say it real quick. Top field points right here. Uh, Brittany Force. So with that first round loss from Mike Salinas, Brittany Force opens up a 75 point lead over Mike Salinas in second. Justin Ashley is third, 173 points out. Steve Torrance fourth, fourth, excuse me, 221 points out. Josh Hart rounds out the top five, 394 points out. Leah Pruitt is sixth. Sean Langdon seventh, seventh. Doug Coletta eighth. Austin Proc ninth. And Clay Milliken rounds out the top ten. Remember, he was fifth at one point uh, in the beginning of the season. Tony Schumacher, even with the win, is still in eleventh in points. He's ten points out of ten. But obviously, with the running every race and uh, two qualifying sessions, he will automatically make the countdown. And Antron Brown in twelfth. Wow. I feel like we're getting robbed of a good of a good trying to get into the top ten battle going to U.S. Nationals. With this, uh, with this, uh, two qualifying sessions and run every race rule, Tony Schumacher and Antron Brown on the outside looking in with two races to go before it, uh, Indy. Wow, yeah, ridiculous. And you know, we, we kind of alluded to it a little bit. Uh, well, you guys did not agree. Uh, but it's it kind of kind of takes the wind out of your sails a little bit because it's mm -hmm. like you know we can like, go into it at another time. Like, I, like I, I don't like it. We want we want to see Schumacher and Antron do well, but we also want to see them earn a spot in the top ten. Exactly. Like we mentioned with the NASCAR thing, like you got you got Bubba Wallace, you got Corey LaJoy, you got now Martin Truex Jr. on the outside looking in. All great racers on the outside looking in. Obviously, you know LaJoy wasn't all par with those teams, but when you go to Daytona, like it's anybody's game. Like it's anybody's game. Like like Daytona is going to be freaking dramatic. If all if, if Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex Jr., Corey LaJoy, Austin Dillon, all great play racers are still in it at, during the final laps, this is about to be dramatic. Yeah. And unfortunately, as we go to the U.S. Nationals, we're not going to get that drama of trying to fight in because, you know, they're automatically in. I feel like Blake, Ale Blake Alexander is the only guy and Chad Green are the only guys who really have a chance to fight their way in because they haven't run all the races and they still have a legitimate shot of making the countdown on points. Yeah. But I mean, you got the Sarge and Antron Brown on the outside looking in, and they're automatically still in. So I think it's a little disappointing. We won't see them yeah. be able to fight their way in. Exactly, because it, it's. I mean, this sport is all about earning your keep, mm -hmm. you know, and that that's what I love about it. You know, not not ragging on our NASCAR people because I love NASCAR too. But you know, you got to, and I said it last week too. I mean, look at what happened this week. The the previous winner from the previous week, you know, is out in first round or in the, in the earlier rounds. You mm -hmm. got to bring your stuff and perform every week. You don't mm -hmm. just just because you won the previous race doesn't mean you're going to do well this weekend. Mm -hmm. You got to bring your stuff every single weekend. That's what I yes. love about it. And yes. I think, you know, when we have a sport that's so unique with that kind of model and you, you kind of rob us of that kind of drama that we all look for at that point of the season. Like, okay, who's going to make it? There's going to be a fight. Like we're not going to really see that this season. So mm -hmm. I hope they kind of listen 
to people who have microphones <laughs> and uh, kind of go back on that because it, it kind of robs the fans of that drama that, you know, everybody so desperately wants from NHRA, but you kind of, you kind of take the wind out of the sails when, I mean, it's manufactured drama right there and you kind of take it away. You know, this I, sport, I like it. this sport has always been about earning your spot, exactly. earning it. And exactly. obviously, you know, with this rule and it's not the worst rule in the world. I mean, right. I know why they did it. it's the, you know, to have more people show up and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I feel like we're really, I honestly, I look forward to those battles of guys trying to fight their way in at the final race of the season at the, uh, of the regular season at the U S nationals. And yeah. uh, we didn't get that last year and, you know, we'll get a little bit with funny car, but other than that, I don't see where else we'll probably get it at in other, in other classes. Exactly. Um, so interesting. Good, good points there. Uh, so moving forward with Topeka, I mean, clearly, you know, Tony Schumacher, I wouldn't call him a dark horse, but I don't think anybody expected him to get the win. You know, he, he didn't he didn't run on pace with what everybody else was running. I'm looking at the breakdown here. I mean, let me see. I mean, 385. Let me see. 385, 382, three, uh, 448, and then uh, 397. So he didn't dip into the 70s at all. So I would not consider that car to be one of the performance Mm -hmm. uh so i still would say britney force is still in the driver's seat because she made another final mm -hmm. and we're going to a performance-based racetrack whether it's got a little heat in it or not you know i think you know they, they can get down that racetrack and she's definitely still in the driver's seat you know 100 percent. i think i believe what do you think won the race last year too yeah one speaker last year one speaker last year doubled up with her dad she sure did. John Fourth double up. So it's gonna be some interesting picks this weekend. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, but, sir. Yeah, it's we got we gotta see how everybody performs on, on Friday night when they start the engines. But mm. you know, I think Brittany Force is definitely in the driver's seat and top fuel. And then funny car, you know, you gotta you, you can't count out you, you think about a, a performance race and you go, Okay, well, who are the performance players in Funny Car? Well, you got to think about Robert Height because <laughs> he just won the race. And, you know, what I say he's in the driver's seat, I think he's got the momentum for sure going into Topeka. I mean, they're looking really good. They got their pep in their step. It, I mean, they're looking like the, the Robert Height, Jimmy Proc, Chris Cunningham of old, you know. But have they peaked too early? Oh. No pun intended, peak, antifreeze, and coolant. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. So, I mean, this thing could teeter-totter just as fast. Yeah. Like, we could see Robert have a few first-round losses, and Matt Hagan rip off three three wins in a row, and we're, mm -hmm. you know, it's all of a sudden Hagan again. Like, have they peaked too fast? Because Robert said it himself. He said, we have six wins so far, but it's going to take another three or four wins to win this championship. Oh, yeah. So, you're looking at a 10-win season. Wow. You're looking at when's the when's the when's the last when's the last time a funny car driver had more than had ten or more wins in the season? Tell us, Darren. John Force, two thousand. <laughs> it's like a game. It's like okay, so <laughs> those of you that don't know, I have perfect pitch, and basically that means if you sing a note, play a note, I can tell you what the note is without knowing what it is. It's like rare, but anyway, it's kind of like how my friends play with me. They they sing a note, they play a note, and they TJ, what is it? That's how I that's how I do Darren. I'm like, okay, Darren, well, when did John Force win his I don't know, fifty third win? He could tell me the spot, what the weather was, and who he beat. Okay, I actually can't do that one. That's actually a little hard. <laughs> that's, that's actually a little hard. <laughs> 
supposed to say you can do it. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> but uh, that's a good point. That's mm. a good point because you know Matt Hagen. There, we talk about the performance funny cars. I mean, let's mm. let's let's list them here. We got Robert Height, mm. obviously. We got Dickie Venables and Matt Hagen. That's a performance race car. We got Mike Neff and Bob Tasker the third, because Mike Neff is a very aggressive tuner. We got John Foyce and Danny Hood and Temper Breeze and all those guys. They they're really aggressive. And so there's a, there's a Ron Caps. You, you you there's there's a lot of cars that like to perform. And what did I do that on? I think that was a I think I did a 2019 rewind, and I just looked at how many 380s were ran in 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 one session. Uh, that that that'll be something coming up because I just wanna I was just wanting to look at it, but like we talk about the cars that can run three eighties, you got about ten funny cars that can run three eighties. Mm-hmm. So and then at that point you start to get a little bit more specific. So then you go okay, upper three eighties, mid three eighties, low three eighties. Well, there's only a few people on that list that can run low three eighties. So is that gonna come and play on race day? I don't really know. Uh, but you know the starting line is still a very important thing. But, you know, like Cruz said, we still drive these cars. So we'll see. And Cruz Pedragon is definitely somebody that's going to step up. We already talked about that. That could start this weekend because John Collins isn't also, you know, he can run 380. So mm-hmm. it's all about who's going to step up, who's going to have a good day, who's going to have some bad luck, and who's going to have some good luck. Because, you know, drag racing, they always say it's better to be lucky than good. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good drivers out there. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's good. So it's better to be lucky on these on these Sundays and these these weekends where, you know, you really can, you know, take advantage of the conditions. And we don't I mean, let's see. Have you seen the conditions yet? I have not. I've looked up. Let me look them up right now. Yeah. Look them up. I just keep talking. I'm on one percent, like, though, but we'll see. Oh, I got my charger right here. OK, come on, charger in the headphones. No, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, nitro drag racing right now is just. You know, every weekend they're not running 360s for Top Fuel and three 380s for Funny Cars. Every weekend they're not doing that. But when they do, it's a great show for the fans. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? 95 on Friday, 100 on Saturday, 99 on Sunday. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's, let's retract everything we just said. <laughs> this is not going to be a performance race. <laughs> 100 degrees on Saturday. Oh my God! Ninety-five on Friday. On Friday, that's the cool session. But you know they run. You know they run at night on Friday, so that might go down a little bit. Right. But night. But ninety-nine on Sunday. I mean, when they fired last week for uh, session number one, it was like ninety-two degrees. Jesus. So we're at that point in the season where it's August. It's summer. It's sticky. It's nasty. So that kind of changes the dynamic. So now. We're going to see more tire smoke, obviously, because everybody's not going to get that. But right? that here's the thing about Topeka, though. So that race, that race in 96, where John Forrest dipped into the four, the 480s with that 488, it was pretty hot that weekend, too. Like, temperatures were in the 90s that weekend, too. Sure. Um, so uh, Topeka isn't a very uh, temperature-sensitive racetrack. You can still make some good runs, even in the heat. Um, yeah, because I remember that race in 96, it was it was pretty hot that weekend. Yeah, because and, and that's, that's a good point that you say that, T- temperature-sensitive racetrack. There are some racetracks on tour that are more sensitive to a, you know, a hot temperature than others. 
So mm. that's a really good point that you said that. And mm. I agree with that. It's, I, I would say like Las Vegas would be another where, mm. you know, the heat doesn't really affect it. And mm. even even Virginia, like the really smooth surfaces are just not really affected by that weather, or that track conditions or, you know, mm. and, and with the with the track prep we have nowadays, too, it's like. Mm-hmm. It's next to none. So you throw anything at the track, it can hold it. But you got to do it strategically because we know these horse, these cars make too much horsepower. <laughs> Most of the time, even when they want to make too much, they're they're still backing it down, you know, to run three sixty three, which is amazing. So, but. I think that's it, man. You got anything else from Topeka? What you got? Nah, nah that's it, man. I'm looking forward to it. That's it, man. Um, yeah. We know, uh, I believe, you know, uh, uh, a certain Nitro Performance guy is going to be filling in for me and Brainerd, I believe, um, yes, doing sir. the show, um, hosting the show live with a few, a few of the buddies, a few of the homies. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be pretty fun. Yeah, cool. folks. He just kind of gave it away. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to be hosting the Brainerd show, you know, inside the NHRA gonna be cool yes sir uh, so while, while i'm at a basketball game so while pretty... Aaron is at a basketball game <laughs> so, <laughs> we love basketball here on the nitro performance guy um but yeah it's gonna be a good time uh so i'm excited for that that'll mm-hmm. be cool doing a live show mm-hmm. excited yeah here's the thing so i think the game might be over by the time the show starts but i won't be able to actually watch the full race so i won't be able to actually break it down so yeah. i might i might i might i might still pick my head in and, and come on the show for a little bit and, and say my little two cents but for the most part I'll, I'll let you guys handle it you better come in and pop on the show and let let us say let us say something on the show. <laughs> you, know, you better come on get on the mic real quick say something like hey guys what's going on <laughs> i'm not i'm not even gonna watch i'm gonna come back home and i'm gonna to pop on a movie and i'll be like just let me know when y'all done i'll text you all right we just finished <laughs> you can go watch it now <laughs> i just want to say i'm a performer i had to do a 45 minute recital to get my degree in horn performance and i'm probably more nervous for this guys i'm not, I'm not gonna lie no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding it's gonna be great but anyway i think we've exhausted i think we can pull the shoots on this episode mm-hmm. uh and uh it was good it was a good one it was great race in seattle we're going to topeka kansas next it's gonna be a scorcher it's gonna suck for the fans but doesn't look like it's gonna be too much on the drivers well they, i mean they're in a lot of equipment so that's gonna yeah. suck for them too but <laughs> we will be watching from air condition and uh we will uh get back to you next week on uh the nitro performance guys so I'm TJ. That's Darren. Uh, we love talking to you guys. We enjoy your your listens. We enjoy. We don't take it for granted. We really do appreciate mm-hmm. it. So with that, we'll be back next week on the Nitro Performance Guide. Boom. There you go. Solid. Solid. Bro. I was not recording. It says recorded right here. Nah, on my end, it says start recording. I didn't even, I didn't even stop recording. Wow. That was a great episode. <laughs> Can you run it back real quick? Huh? You run it back real quick? Run what back? The show. The whole episode? Yeah. No. <laughs> Why not? I used my best stuff already. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I, I recorded it. Oh, okay. It's right here. <laughs> I'm like, Darren, shut up. <laughs>